Australia's intelligence boss is calling for national vigilance, revealing the country is experiencing the highest level of foreign interference and espionage, surpassing the period after September 11 and even the Cold War. In his annual threat assessment, ASIO Director-General Mike Burgess revealed his agency has disrupted and deported a hive of spies. He also warned that judicial figures, journalists and military members are being targeted by spies seeking out defence secrets. Based on what ASIO is seeing, more Australians are being targeted for espionage and foreign interference than at any time in Australia's history. More hostile foreign intelligence services, more spies, more targeting, more harm, more ASIO investigations, more ASIO disruptions. And from where I sit, it feels like hand-to-hand combat. ASIO Director-General Mike Burgess there. John Blaxland is a Professor of International Security and Intelligence Studies at the Australian National University. Welcome back to RM Breakfast, John. Good to be with you, Patricia. ASIO says more Australians are being targeted by espionage and foreign interference than ever before. Why is that Mm. the case? Is espionage easier to conduct now or do we live in just a more hostile environment? Um, So, yeah, it's, it's taken on a bit of an industrial scale lately, hasn't it? Um, look, it is easier in some respects because we live in a interconnected world where you can operate in a way that was unimaginable a generation ago. And when I was writing about ASIO for the official history in the Cold War, um, you know, the, this kind of espionage um, and foreign interference was talked about and considered, but not on the scale that we're seeing today, simply because of the reach and the level of international engagement. So we have a much more diverse uh, diplomatic footprint in Australia today than we did before. A lot of the embassies are substantially um, better resourced, better uh, staffed in terms of people and have a quite significant uh, intelligence uh, dimension to them. So there's a lot of undeclared uh, so-called diplomats out there, which Mike Burgess was calling out, and that is generating uh, considerable challenges for industry, for government, for businesses around Australia. Yeah, he, he called it out in pretty chilling terms, I've got to say. Um, what mm. does the espionage he's talking about actually look like and who are the foreign actors behind it all? Yeah, no, it's really interesting. He was he gave probably the most articulate explanation of espionage and foreign interference I think I've ever heard, actually. He, he made it clear that, you know, it's not just one country, there's multiple countries uh, and it's not or just the ones that you'd think of. It's actually quite a few who are looking. And he talked about, he's really interesting. I, I kind of made a note of this. What is what, how he defined espionage? To understand vulnerabilities, to recruit, to identify um, vulnerabilities, to exploit and to steal intellectual property. And, and he said espionage is deliberate and damaging. And he kind of railed against those who see it as no big deal, as something that can be tolerated or ignored or safely managed. He was saying, basically, it takes away... Uh, our sovereign um, uh, opportunities and options. It steals advantages of investment in research and development. It damages the economy, sends companies bankrupt. It undermines our ability to defend ourselves militarily. It's a reconnaissance tool to shape disinformation. It can enable sabotage and more espionage, and it can generate a thousand different effects that 
that chip away at, at our sovereignty. So it's really, it's like, wow, that's quite a catalogue of what espionage can do. And then on foreign interference, he says three key things, to shape political and business decisions uh, to their advantage, to monitor, threaten and harm diaspora communities, and we've seen that to a certain extent in the public domain, and to manipulate messages through foreign language media and establishing community organisations. I was talking to a couple of people who were involved in uh, monitoring some of these protests, and they're, they're concerned that, in fact, diaspora community protests, for instance, are closely monitored and photographed, and then families of members involved in the protests are then <clears throat> subject to uh, coercion and, um, you know, blackmail back home. Mm. So this is m- multifaceted, um, and it, it, it was a very sobering talk. And Mike Burgess, I have to say, you know, for a guy who claims he's an introvert, really was front-footed in getting out there with a message that none of his previous, uh, his predecessors as directors general have had the temerity to do in, okay. in quite this scale. Yeah. Mike Burgess says he was pressured by public servants, academics and business people to ease up on espionage operations. Mm. Mm. It was a pretty alarming claim he made. Uh, are they are they really active in, in lobbying here? What's he trying to call out here? So, look, you know, the the problem is we have this dialectic, if you like, between our security and our economic interests. And there are business businesses who are obviously, you know, focused on the bottom line, understandably so. They're driven by their priorities. And there's a, you know, a compelling internal logic for um, the secured national security community to get out of the way and stop being a roadblock. Um, But of course, you know, Australia at large is more than just the economic industry uh, interests of major corporations. It's actually about us as a nation, about how we position ourselves for the future and how we protect our intellectual property rights and how we protect our freedoms, and our liberties and, our you know, the, the idea of our open democratic society that we kind of often take for granted. And it's really interesting because, you know, back in the day when I was writing about ASIO, ASIO was criticised for being an underminer of the open liberal society that we value. And yet what we're seeing, and Mike Burgess, I think, articulates pretty well, is that, it, you know, yes, you've got to watch out, you've got to have checks and balances. And I think now do we do after the Hope Royal Commissions and various other reforms over the last few decades. But essentially, you still, you need an organisation like ASIO to be vigilant to protect an open society against what Karl Popper calls, you know, the, the enemies of an open society. And there's, there's plenty mm. of them out there, unfortunately. A, a Chinese Communist Party linked group has become the first body to be forcibly listed under the federal government's foreign interference transparency scheme five years after it was introduced. Should it have been listed earlier? Is the legislation working? So, you know, you could argue that it possibly could have been listed earlier, but I think it's, you know, the bottom line is it's being listed now. So that uh, speaks to the compelling nature of the, of the, of the rationale. Um, and, um, I, you know, we, we are, I think, in a pretty good place in terms of where we stand with legislation. Arguably, we're, we've, got, we've got more legislation now than ever on all these things. And, and some of it is good and some of it is seen as, uh, you know, a bit stultifying uh, because there, there's so much legislation. I mean, who, who, the hell, who the hell is across it all? It's just, you know, uh, Dennis Richardson, when he did a review of the intelligence community, found that there was just a massive legislation 
but it was a little bit too challenging to actually try and streamline it. Uh, so you know, it, it's interesting also the, the, the culture of le- approach, the cultural approach to legislation in Australia. We define things down to the minutest detail, in stark contrast to what I understand is the approach in the UK, where it's kind of more a principles-based approach to legislation. So we now have you know, incredible minutiae articulated in legislation for all sorts of clauses and sub-sub-clauses of what can and can't be done and what can be monitored and how it can be countered or disrupted. So in some respects, that gives ASIO considerable power to be what he called a collector, an assessor and a disruptor. But of course, that has to be done in a measured way. It has to be done with checks and balances and it has to be done in collaboration with other agencies like federal and state police forces. John Blaxland, thank you. Thank you for your time. Good to be with you, Patricia. John Blacksland is a professor of international security and intelligence studies at the Australian National University. ABCRN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app. Hey, podcasters, just wanted to mention, if you're looking for more stories about the law and justice, without a whole lot of legal jargon, check out The Law Report on the ABC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts.